the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. Welcome to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. And now, here's your host, Nick Phillips. Good evening, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another edition of The Advocate. As always, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, tonight on the first two segments, we're going to be talking about the Cuyahoga County Council and what's going on with our county government. And with us to talk about it is uh, Nan Baker, County Councilwoman. Nan, thank you as always for joining us. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure to be part of your show. Well, you know, we've had you on for so many years, I have to hesitate and not say state representative. Uh, <laughs> so I hear so, that often. <laughs> yeah, it, it comes across that that is the title that uh, we've gone with for, what, about eight years or so? I don't years. know. I was term limited uh, back in the end of 2016. So I've been a Cuyahoga County Council member now for 2017 and a few months uh, going into 2018. Uh, has been a very uh, interesting transition, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to serve my District 1 in Cuyahoga County. Well, well going from the state level, where you're looking at uh, state legislation and laws to help all the people in the state of Ohio, to now digging down into the budget issues of Cuyahoga County to find out uh, what do we do with all of these millions of dollars that comes in, uh, how's it looking? Uh, and first off, was it easy to transition? Well, you know, it, it is still um, a governmental position where your primary responsibility is to oversee the budget. I mean, that that is the same. And whether, you know, you're talking um, millions of dollars um, versus what the county received, which is a smaller amount of those millions of dollars, uh, it is still the responsibility of the county council to oversee, question, and approve uh, what the administration brings to us uh, for their budget. So for those reasons, um, it has been a good transition in understanding that process. Um, that has not changed. And um, I can see now where, from the state level, we really do get um, fairly uh, involved more in the weeds of where that, those dollars go. And probably, as I say, the most important thing we do is to make sure that we spend those dollars wisely. I am very thankful for the um, HHS, the Health and Human Services levy that just passed. Um, our responsibility now is to watchdog those dollars to make sure that every dollar spent is being spent to help the people that are truly in need. Well, was that a renewal or a brand new levy? That was a renewal. It was a renewal for two years, and it's about $104 million a year. And, and what does the HS, HSS levy cover? The Health and Human Services, HHS, covers really the, a significant part of the budget, uh, those that uh, are dealing with mental health, job and family services, um, seniors, uh, anything that is really related to the care and direct care of people, uh, Health and Human Services does touch 
that part of what we fund. You know, you mentioned $104 million. Sounds like a lot of money. What's the total budget uh, of the county for a year here in Cuyahoga County? Our general operating budget is about $350 million. Um, so you can see that this is at least a third of what it is that we do. Uh, the um, flow-through money is actually $1.2 billion, but those are including grants and loans and different things that flow through us from the federal government or state government. But the actual dollars that we receive um, from county that we directly spend for those reasons from taxpayers is about $350 million a year. The, there was some talk because of the removal of uh, certain, I think it was Medicaid uh, taxes that reduced the budget. How has that impacted uh, Cuyahoga County? Well, it has. Uh, we haven't felt it quite yet, but it is something that we are That's aware coming. of and need mm -hmm. to budget for. It's the um, Medicaid sales tax. The uh, federal government told us last June would be the last time that we would be able to uh, collect those funds for our budget, which is taxing Medicaid services. We don't tax any other uh, health services, but um, we allowed for the Medicaid services to be taxed. And most states aren't doing it anymore. We were one of the last to still continue it. It was um, created under Governor Strickland, and we knew that six, seven, eight years later, this was not going to be something sustainable. So it's something that is was not a surprise, but it's certainly whenever you uh, eliminate funding, which is about $25 million, it's pretty significant. Uh, we were, we're going to have to find ways to overcome that, do a better job with the money we have, and that's why this levy passing really does help us with the most critical needs to make sure that uh, those services are, are in place. I, I can see that. Uh, going back to the Medicaid taxing, if Medicaid sales were taxed and that tax is generated and goes to the state of Ohio, then is distributed back down to the counties, uh, where does the money for the tax come from? Where had it been coming from? From the Medicaid funds? Yes, the, the hospitals, the uh, those that make the claims included sales tax along with what the reimbursements they were given. So that's where it was determined that we, it, unless we charge sales tax on all health services that uh, hospitals and physicians needed to charge, we can't isolate just Medicaid. So it sounds like uh, if, if, I don't know if this is correct or not, but uh, if a hospital is charging sales tax on Medicaid and then putting that as part of their reimbursement, do they get reimbursed that from the state also, what they paid in taxes to themselves? That's the way it worked. That was a circular thing. Uh, well, it's a good thing it's gone anyway. Yeah. It didn't make logical sense. Yeah, it, it probably never should have been enacted. It was at a time when, of course, state budget funding was very tight. Um, I was there for the first two years um, serving in the minority and didn't support that, but... Um, it, it happened, and when Governor Kasich then got in office and realized that this is something that we're going to have to address, we were then told, you need to um, stop charging this tax. It's not something that uh, you're allowed to do and figure it out by June of uh, 2017, which was last year, because that's when it was going to end. 
So we haven't felt the huge impact yet, but we know it's coming and we're talking about it all the time. And we have budget hearings that are coming up and, you know, the revenue for sales tax overall is up. The economy is better. So we have some things working for us. The RTA is a part of this funding, so they're taking a significant hit. And we've had uh, discussions um, with the director over an RTA. So it is a, it's a domino effect that needs to be addressed, and, um, you know, we're doing our best to, to manage that. Is there a solution in sight for RTA so uh, service won't be interrupted or decreased? Well, the, the RTA is its own board. The, the county really doesn't have responsibility. It's all under the um, director Calabrese, and he has a board of directors, and they make those decisions. Uh, we uh, appoint their board, but that's where our responsibility ends. He does, and his board does, have the responsibility and the authority to put something on the ballot if they wanted to increase sales tax um, to make up the difference. But those are conversations that need to happen within their environment of uh, mm-hmm. decision-making. No, no indication what they're doing yet, huh? Not really. I was given the chair of the, um, it's called the Rules Committee, and, and we incorporated uh, public transportation as part of that committee. And so we did have um, Director Calabrese in giving us an update of what his thoughts were and how much he potentially thought he would lose without this MCO tax. And there still, he did say at this point, it doesn't look like he's going to diminish services, but it may be inevitable. And the decisions that that board needs to make will probably be forthcoming. Well, it'll be interesting to watch. I know we, we all like to have RTA available for if and when we need it, but if uh, the ridership does go up, that will increase the revenues and will maybe soften their problem. Uh, how about uh, the casino taxes? Uh, how have they been doing? Have they been bringing um, in a lot of money yes. to the county? There is. The casino taxes are there. In fact, I'm working with uh, Mayor Bokes from Rocky River, hoping to use uh, some of those casino revenues for the uh, Brad Street Pier that's there in Rocky River. Uh, we used some of the casino funds and other state and federal funding for the Euclid Pier that just was finished. And uh, we would like to see some of those dollars from the casino revenue going to, um, to Rocky River. So those are conversations that are just now starting to uh, be talked about and hopefully uh, we'll be able to use those dollars for good purpose. Very good. We're talking to Cuyahoga County uh, Councilwoman Nan Baker uh, going over what's happening here in Cuyahoga County. We're going to take a short break, so don't go away. We'll be right back. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK, The Advocate. Fifty cards, fifty questions. Hello, Mark Bush for just a conversation with you. Learn more about your loved ones by having the talk of a lifetime at your next family gathering. The deck of cards is offered free by Bush Funeral and Crematory Services. Request a deck of cards at bushcares.com backslash cards. 50 cards, 50 questions that will help you learn more about your loved ones. At Bush, we help families share memories. 
Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of the Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance needs. You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what's expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it's up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips and Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips and Millie at 440-243-2800. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. Children, the product of a married couple who were once in love. Unfortunately, sometimes the marriage does not work and parents must get divorced. This is traumatic for the children as well as for the adults. The law firm of Phillips & Millie offers advice and representation in family law matters. Remember, your children are entitled to the utmost consideration when mom and dad have to part. Phillips & Millie, your local law firm on the west side of Middleburg Heights. Telephone 440-243-2800. Welcome back. Cleveland, Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. And uh, tonight, uh, Sunday, Mother's Day, 2018, I'd like to wish our special guest, Nan Baker, Happy Mother's Day. Nan, Happy Mother's Day. Thank you very much. I have uh, three children, and they're all grown. In fact, I'm a grandmother. Congratulations. uh, We're going to be celebrating with my two daughters who have children and my mother, who will be with us, uh, all going out for a brunch on Sunday morning. So we're... We're looking forward to it. It's, it's, a, it's a happy day. <laughs> it, it sure is. And uh, to all the mothers uh, out there, thank you for being mothers. Uh, because I always think that if men had to give birth to children, the population would not be where it is today. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> well, I would argue with that. <laughs> we are cowards what you guys go through. But, uh, but in any event, well, happy Mother's Day to everyone. Uh, we're talking to Nan Baker concerning the Cuyahoga County Council and talking about uh, the revenue side of things and what's happening. Uh, on the other side of the coin, what kind of big expenditures are we facing here in the county? Any surprises coming up this year? Well, you know, we, along with the uh, actual dollars that we watch, 
we also have to make sure that what's in place um, is being done correctly. So there's been, you know, some news about what we call the ERP system. It is a um, completely revamping the entire county's computer system. And that was um, agreed upon by county council and the administration before I got there. And we are now well into it. And it's given us many challenges. So the overseeing of that, we hired a consultant to make sure that we are really understanding uh, the progress or lack of it, if, if needed, of how we're going to uh, continue implementing this ERP uh, computer uh, system. You know, also, we have spent a lot of time, and I know it's been in the paper, of um, making sure that our county handbook is what we believe it should be, setting policy on things like uh, paying extra time after 40 hours. That was a huge conversation that we had, and we really that in significantly. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now, this is a handbook for county employees, right? Yes, yes. Um, also, hiring practices by the county executives. Um, we reined in quite a bit there. That was in the handbook of bonuses and uh, moving expenses and um, salary increases and things like that. A lot of work that um, really needed to be done that is not really part of the budget, but it's part of setting policy. And I've learned, too, in my year and a few months there that having an inspector general and having an independent audit and our prosecuting office, those are all very key elements in making sure that we are accountable for the things that we do. And I'm grateful that those entities are there. Um, you know, the inspector general, that uh, when I was in the military, that seemed to be a big thing. It was a big thing as far as representing an independent office that uh, should not and is not intimidated by uh, anyone who is in the organizational power structure. Is that similar to what we have here in Cuyahoga County? Yes it, yes, it is. We have really a very good Inspector General, Mark Griffiths, who uh, does just that and has brought things to our attention, to the prosecutor's attention, um, to the administrator's attention, and it's done after he has done his investigation. So um, I'm very pleased that he is in place and we've strengthened his office and, you know, some may say, well, look at all the things that we seem to be uncovering, but really we're uncovering them because we have people in place that are doing it. It is not being swept under the carpet. It is not being ignored. It is being investigated, and if there is something there, we are taking care of it. And uh, when, when people see bad things happening in the county government, whether they're employees or whether they're residents or just observing something bad, uh, is, is anyone allowed to complain to the IG, or is it just employees, or how does that work? It is. Uh, there's, they, we have a policy in place called the whistleblower, so there is no um, corrective uh, uh, negative response to anyone who brings forward something that they think is uh, not performing correctly. So if anyone is... Um, if there's any corruption or any uh, thought of, of wrongdoing, mm -hmm. uh, outside or inside, can contact the inspector general, and it is his responsibility to look into it. Well, that's good to know. That that's good because it uh, allows for more improvement. Uh, it, it allows for less toleration of 
uh, and tolerance of bad things going on, and uh, ultimately, I guess, just makes it a better government. So that's a good thing. It does. I think that Mark Griffith first likes to see, especially if it's internal and it's a disagreement, to try and work it out with the supervisor and employee. But if it rises rises above that, it uh, becomes more of a problem than what at first it seemed, then, of course, he will get involved and make sure that there mm-hmm. is nothing there. And our prosecutor has been very proactive in also uh, working together with Mark Griffith to, to uh, do what he needs to do in order to uh, raise the accountability to those that are providing us uh you know, the, the services that we are giving to people who are in need. Well, if the message goes out that uh, all you need to do is obey the law, do a good job, and, and do it in good faith, you won't have any problems at all. That's the way it works. <laughs> and, and that's the way it should work. Uh, what about open? Well, we certainly have, as with probably every level of government, um, have zeroed in on trying to do what we need to do to help those that are addicted, um, whether it's on the state level, county level, city level, individual organizations, churches. I mean, I think there is such a focus now on trying to uh, work through that. The um, job and family services are always uh, involved when they go to homes or they see that there are issues out there. And it really does touch not just the urban areas, but across the state of Ohio, really. And our suburban areas, urban areas, rural areas, they are all uh, compromised by this um, addiction um, with drugs. So, yes, it's, it's an ongoing, not an easy fix, but it is not forgotten either. There is a considerable amount of funding that is uh, in place, whether it's from the state. Uh, federal or county or even city level, even private contributions. You know, with, with the summer coming up, uh, what kind of challenges does the county government face? Well, probably, you know, I think front and center we would like to see, especially talking about summer, is making sure that those that are in need of workforce training, that our students that are in school that are out for the summer get involved in internships, uh, that's a pretty big deal in the county right now, trying to make sure that the skills that are needed are matched. And the best time to do that is when summer is a typical time when the kids are off school and can take advantage of uh, perhaps working for a company and learning some of the skills before they graduate from high school. Uh, that's a pretty big initiative that uh, is taking place right now. You know, uh, looking at Lake Erie and thinking for a moment about the uh, the Board of Health and so on, is Lake Erie looking pretty good this summer or any health issues? Well, you know, we always have the um, the blooms, that the algae blooms that are always a nuisance, and um, there are laws in place trying to make sure that the runoff waters um, don't complicate that. So that's an ongoing, it depends on the weather, how much rain you get, um, how low the the water level is. There's a lot involved in in that, but at this point, we're talking in May. Everything right now looks looks good. Oh, that's good to hear. We'll look forward to that. Uh, and look, I mean, we waited so long. We've been talking about the cold April, right? Uh, and I've been mentioning that 
if we try to be optimistic, we can look at the cold April as being a bonus month of winter we had. Uh, uh, so. uh, we are certainly due for some nice weather, and today it's 82 and sunny. It doesn't get better than that in Cleveland. Well, let's, let's plan on going out and uh, using it. But I'd like to thank Nan Baker for doing a, a great job. I threw a lot of different things at you all over the Come place. Come on. I've had to really kind of think of my feet here. You really did, yeah, coming from left and right, up and down, all these different right. topics. But uh, anyway, you handled all of the questions very well. And uh, especially, Nan, we want you and all the other mothers out there to enjoy Mother's Day today. Thank you. Thank you. And to your family, we wish you the best. And everyone... Uh, with their families enjoy Mother's Day. It's really one of the most special days of the year. It is. It gives us all time to pause and think about our mothers. And you know what? Everybody has a mother. So That's right. <laughs> we, we have to say that. And uh, well, then we'll get back uh, with you again in the future and get another update on what's going on in uh, Cuyahoga County here and hear how it's going oh, for you. I look forward to it. Thank, thank you, Nick. Thank you so much, Nan. That was Nan Baker. Cuyahoga County Council. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back after these words. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK, The Advocate. Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance needs. Advanced funeral planning is a good idea. Nick Phillips here for Bush Funeral and Crematory Services. When we were faced with the task of recording final wishes, we turned to the caring professionals at Bush. Thanks, Nick. Mark Bush here. We make it easy for you to get started. Download our Senior's Guide to Funeral Arrangements at bushcares.com or call 800-252-8724 and ask to speak with a funeral planning specialist. Visit bushcares.com. You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what's expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it's up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips and Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips and Millie at 440-243-2800. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I 
at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. Children, the product of a married couple who were once in love. Unfortunately, sometimes the marriage does not work and parents must get divorced. This is traumatic for the children as well as for the adults. The law firm of Phillips and Millie offers advice and representation in family law matters. Remember, your children are entitled to the utmost consideration when mom and dad have to part. Phillips and Millie, your local law firm on the west side of Middleburg Heights. Telephone 440-243-2800. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. In the next two segments, we're going to be talking about something that maybe uh, you have been thinking about in the back of your mind that you want to go out and start a business, and how does one do that? It seems so complex, maybe you don't even want to think about it, but uh, we're going to talk about how to start a business and uh, how to be an entrepreneur and uh, what to do about business plans. We have tonight with us the author of a book called Burn the Business Plan, what great entrepreneurs really do, and that's Carl Schramm. Carl, thank you for joining us tonight. Oh, my pleasure, Nick. Uh, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm in Baltimore in the middle of a snowstorm. Okay, well, welcome to spring in the uh, North American continent, I suppose. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, Carl, before we talk about business uh, planning and how to get going, uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Oh, for sure. Um, I began as a professor at Johns Hopkins. I'm an economist and also trained as a lawyer. Um, I Good was man. a research Thank professor. I was doing a lot of work on healthcare costs. And one day my data basically punched me in the face and said, you've got to make a business out of all these data uh, that were pointing to ways that hospitals could be more efficient and could deliver higher quality care. So uh, like many entrepreneurs, I was sort of ambushed by an idea and at the age of 38, I left Johns Hopkins and started a company. And then I uh, went into the insurance business um, and later in life got to run the Kauffman Foundation in Kansas City, mm-hmm. which is the world's largest philanthropy devoted to studying innovation and promoting entrepreneurship. Um, I've recently left Kauffman about five years ago, and now I'm a professor at Syracuse University. Well, well, very good. Well, it sounds like a nice, well-rounded, uh, economics-oriented uh, career, especially the part you're a lawyer. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I always appreciate having lawyers on the show. Uh, well, tell me about uh, the business of teaching people or educating them about being an entrepreneur. How did that start? Well, uh, again, I had been in the insurance business, and I started an investment a, a merchant bank, so I was investing in a lot of companies, particularly in the area of healthcare and health information. And uh, the more I watched how other people were investing and the more I read about how people thought businesses started, none of it seemed to hold water for me. I'd started five businesses and never written a business plan. I'd never had venture capital. So these are the two sort of tenets that are taught in every university course on how to start a business. They're the, they're the religion of the Small Business Administration. You can't get a loan without writing a business plan. And I did some research, and it turned out that, of course, all of our major companies, uh, General Electric and Procter & Gamble and you know Ford Motor Company and American Airlines, you name the company, um, it never they never had business plans when they started. So people might say, well, that's the old days. And how about the new days? Well, it turns out that Apple 
didn't have a business plan. Microsoft didn't have a business plan. Uh, Intel never had one. Google didn't have one. Facebook didn't have one. Uber didn't have one. So how is it that we have 6,000 professors teaching everybody that the right way to start a business is to start by writing a business plan? Mm -hmm. It makes no sense. Well, well, uh, if you can tell us briefly, uh, by definition, what is a business plan, and then why don't we need it? Well, a business plan is basically an 11-point narrative of how you should go about starting a business. So you have to describe your innovation and then you have to talk about how you're going to take it to the market and how much money it's going to make. And it all ends by having an exit strategy. Now, again, here's what I discovered is, you know, most businesses, the people who started them, let's say Johnson & Johnson, you know, uh, the founders made bandages. And they thought they'd be making bandages for a long time or closer to you out there in um, you know, Ohio. Uh, when Procter & Gamble put their company together to make soap, thought that company would be in business for, as it has been, decades and decades and decades. The point of starting the business was to make something that would be helpful for people, mm -hmm. product, and they thought it would be around for a long time, which it has been. And most businesses that are successful have been around for a long, long time. And why not a business plan? Because it really sounds like a way to organize your thinking and uh, sort of get a realistic no, look at what you're doing. But there's a more organic way of doing it. I mean, and the reality is if experience tells you that people who start businesses even now, big businesses, again, let's just say Microsoft, uh, if they don't write business plans, uh, you know, formal business plans, what good are they? Now, the reality is that we all do planning in our heads. And even the old businesses, like I referred to Parker & Gamble, when they got going, they went to their local banker, and they had what might be called a business plan, but it was really spreadsheets. How much money will come in? What's the cost of goods sold? What's the difference? That'll be our profit. How quickly can you pay back the bank loans to get you going? Um, so there was financially focused planning, but it was not this long narrative. To look at a business plan that comes out of a college these days, often 60 or 70 or 80 pages. And if you ask anybody who's written one, their business never followed it. So in hmm. many ways, it's a, it's a kind of crazy, futile thing to be doing. So what do you recommend? How, how does someone who wants to seriously begin a business that will end up actually producing products and marketing them and uh, planning on being around a long time so they don't have to exercise that exit strategy for a long time? Uh, the best single way to do it, uh, Nick, I, th I think my book, which is, you know, called Burn the Business Plan, has two great big pieces of advice. First, don't hurry. The average age of a person starting a business is 38. You've got to learn a lot before you're going to start a successful business. And the second thing is the best way to learn about business, best way to see an innovation, to have yourself captured or ambushed by a great idea, is to work for somebody else. Um, most of our entrepreneurs are not 21-year-old wizards that come out of college. They're people who are 38, they've worked for somebody or some set of companies, even better, for 10 to 15 years. So they've learned how to do business, how businesses innovate new ideas. They see great ideas happen often, and they break out and take the idea with them. When, when people are out there now working and uh, they're working for someone, 
what, what are a couple of the things they should be looking at uh, if, if they're harboring the thought that they want to break out on their own sometime? That's a great question because I think a lot of people actually do harbor these thoughts. They'd like to work for themselves. They don't know quite how to do it. Um, so they should be on the alert. And they, first of all, should know that this is something that should be nursed. Do I really want to start my own business? Think about it very carefully. And then when you're in business, when you're working someplace in a big factory, look how innovation emerges. It's continuously coming to the fore. Every company is trying to make its products better and trying to find out, you know, are there uh, parallel projects that, or p- products that we could develop? So this is really an important thing. Just keep your eyes open as to innovation. And then you watch the whole business of how the supply chain works, how the production function works, how the uh, distribution works, how advertising happens, um, all the things that are right around you. And I think perhaps the most important thing is get a sense of scale. You know, businesses are meant to get bigger and bigger and bigger. I think one of the things, as I say in my book, that was a great advantage to Jeff Bezos, which a lot of kids in college just don't even have, is he'd worked as a financial analyst on Wall Street, and he'd been out and seen what huge companies, how big plants look, you know, what they look like, how warehouses look, how big they are, right? So he'd seen the balance sheet. So he knew what big businesses looked like, and it helped form his ambition about becoming a big business. That's one of the things that you don't get in college, for example, because everything uh, in entrepreneurship courses, for the most part, almost everything, is focused on little startups, right? Mm-hmm. Worse, our federal government has adopted the silly language of the European Union uh, that's called small and medium enterprises, uh, and that's reflective of what I like to call the, the policymakers' vision of real businesses. That's the big businesses that uh, have gotten so much uh, special treatment from the federal government, um, both through Republicans and certainly through Democrats. Um, you know, where their favorite companies, they get more business out of the government. Bigger, right, right. Electric was getting four and five and six billion dollars a year out of the government. And the vision is that these startup companies will be small and medium. I, I like to call them cute. The government thinks they'll be Well, cute. that's a good term, cute. Let's hold up on that, and we're going to take a break and come back. Uh, we're talking to Carl Schramm. Uh, author of the book, Burn the Business Plan, What Great Entrepreneurs Really Do. Uh, He's an attorney and an economist, and uh, we're talking about uh, the elements on uh, how you can start your own business, or at least what you should be doing to prepare for that. So we're going to take a short break. We'll be back after these words. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK, The Advocate. Don't go away. You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body, and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what is expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it is up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips & Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips & Millie at 440-243-2800. 
Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of the Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance needs. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. Children, the product of a married couple who were once in love. Unfortunately, sometimes the marriage does not work and parents must get divorced. This is traumatic for the children as well as for the adults. The law firm of Phillips and Millie offers advice and representation in family law matters. Remember, your children are entitled to the utmost consideration when mom and dad have to part. Phillips and Millie, your local law firm on the west side of Middleburg Heights. Telephone 440-243-2800. Hello, Mark Bush for GreaterThanHeroin.com. Our nation, our state, our county, and our local communities are in the midst of this crisis. It saddens us at Bush. We see firsthand the final outcome impacting families when overdose deaths occur. GreaterThanHeroin.com is a resource for everyone. Join us in our efforts. Email feedback at greaterthanheroin.com to help us defeat this crisis. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with our final segment of The Advocate for tonight. And uh, we're pleased to be talking to Carl Schramm, the author of the book, Burn the Business Plan, What Great Entrepreneurs Really Do. And uh, Carl is uh, experienced as an attorney and as an economist uh, as to what really gets small businesses going. So, again, Carl, thank you for joining us. Oh, my pleasure, Nick. You know, we were talking about uh, the European Union and uh, describing small businesses and uh, that may be misinterpreted as being cute businesses. And, and as you were explaining that, I'm, I'm thinking in terms of, how people decide to get into being an entrepreneur, meaning they're going to be the ones that are going to create the vision of a business. Uh, and, and actually, they're going to change their own lives by transitioning from being someone who works for someone focused on a job description and uh, working at getting their job done to suddenly becoming uh, responsible for everything. Uh, I... Uh, I had one person tell me one time that uh, if you can picture uh, a chain restaurant like the Olive Garden 
and you have the guy who's been in the back cooking for years, and suddenly you go back and say to him, you know what, I want you to run this whole restaurant starting tomorrow. Quite a transition. He may not have the first idea of how to do. What, what can you tell us about how one transitions from being a good worker to being an entrepreneur? That, that requires a tremendous mind shift, I, I would think. It does. Um, but the more typical thing is it's the worker whose ambition, which is critical to the whole business of starting a business, um, you know, it is personal ambition. It's more likely the worker says to himself, you know, or herself, I, ca- I could run this place, okay? Um, you know, and may in fact speak to the owner and say, hey, you know, you'll make more money if you buy a second franchise. Make me your co-partner or your partner or your manager here, and I'll run this one. This is very typical in the world of franchising. And my book spends some time on franchising, but an area of, uh, of treatment that I'm proud of because... Most people who deal with uh, entrepreneurship, certainly most professors, and certainly in most business schools, you can't even find a course on franchising. And franchising is the single largest area of successful new business starting. So it's really critical. But people who are experts on entrepreneurship look down their noses at uh, people who buy franchises. Like, you know, they didn't have a great new idea, and the reality is they didn't have a great new idea. But I tell the story in my book of a fellow by the name of Bob Carlucci, who told me when I was interviewing him, you know, he bought a uh, Taco Bell, the first one in Maryland. He'd been in the vending machine business. He wanted to continue in business, but he says explicitly to me, you know, I didn't have a great idea to start a business. So I went out and I bought a franchise. Precisely. He bought somebody else's great idea. And the notion that he's not an entrepreneur is so silly. Basically, a co-entrepreneur, in this case with Glenn Bell, who started Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, if you bought a um, McDonald's franchise tomorrow, although Roy Kroc is dead, you're basically a co-entrepreneur with him. It was his idea. And, you know, you're becoming your own entrepreneur. And the reality is the majority of people who own McDonald's franchises own more than one. What's that tell you? They're actually very good business people. They become entrepreneurs. They own these little empires. And, you know, in the case of Bob Carlucci, he begins with one uh, Taco Bell in Maryland. He now runs um, something on the order of eight different franchises in nine states. Okay, he has a construction company and a bank. He he owns a, a complex, vertically integrated business, an industrial business. Uh, he built that by himself, mm-hmm. um, and you know he's as much an entrepreneur as anybody else is. Well, it's great that they get to wear a sweatshirt saying entrepreneur, but uh, there, there's a big you know when we talk about transitioning. I, I think of the people who are listening now who are uh, maybe thinking several things. They are working for someone, and they have two somewhat incompatible thoughts. Number one, they they don't really find it all that crazy working for somebody and having to follow orders and work for other people. But yet, on the other hand, they have this warm, cozy feeling of minimal risk, or like no risk. And they're going to have to change their attitude because when they think about buying a franchise, they're wondering, how much is it going to cost, and will I lose all that money? And they have to become risk takers. Uh, What do you tell these people that... um, you know, all businesses don't survive. 
and there is a risk. But how, how do you deal with that risk when you're accustomed to sleeping well at night? Well, most people don't, uh, you know, like risk, uh, and most people uh, avoid it, and for lots of different reasons. You know, they may have a family, they may have a mortgage, um, but entrepreneurs sort of have a sense that they do want to work for themselves, so you put your finger on it. And in my book, I have a whole chapter that says, why do people do this? And Good. the predominant reason is they really want to work for themselves. Um, they want to be the boss, and they want to form the company. They want to shape it. it they, you know, they really want to make something out of nothing, um, which is what entrepreneurs do. Now, most of them don't do this just to get rich, and that's another part of the myth that I disturb because it's what's pumped out of the Silicon Valley and it's in every single book and magazines like Inc. and so forth. It's certainly what you see at Shark Tank every night. You know? <laughs> You're right. Uh, people want to get rich, 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 rich. And most entrepreneurs, if they get rich, that's nice. They want to make a comfortable living, but they want to work for themselves. The reality is you're not going to get rich until you take the first step. And that's what your question is really focused on. You know, uh, how do people have the courage to take the first step? Exactly. And I, I don't really have an answer for that. Some people do, and some people don't. I say it's very interesting, however, to understand, as I said before, the average age at which people do this, they're like 38. Most entrepreneurs have families. Uh, most entrepreneurs are self-funding, so they believe in what their vision is thoroughly enough that they put some of their retirement at risk. They sometimes take a second mortgage. Um, so, you know, they do a lot of study about these things um, for the most part. And it's one of the reasons why uh, franchises are such a good idea because it's a tested idea. You're not starting with some, you know, crazy half-baked um, idea of your own. Well, well, that's what I was going to ask you. you, you I have seen. Yeah, you, well, you've answered it before I asked the question uh, oh. with, with regard to the uh, the concept to to start a business do you have to have this new creative uh, idea that no one has had before or is it a safer route to take like you say someone else's idea and try what's been tried already and is uh, tested and it's it works and uh, sort of just sort of slide over with somewhat controlled risk to, uh, to work for yourself well it's a complex answer in the sense that you know, every brand new business is really a combination of other people's ideas of some sort. Think about Uber. Nick, you or I could have done Uber. All the technology was sitting around. All we had to do was hire somebody who would basically program an app. That's what Uber was. Cars were there. The drivers were there. The telephonics were there. The communication platforms were there. But that's an example. So it's really the quality of the idea in sort of what's important in the marketplace mm -hmm. and doing some quick testing. Um, and, and that's really the, the secret of it. Otherwise, um, you know, uh, it, it's, uh, I have to caution people all the time because people come to me all the time with nutty ideas. I mean, truly <laughs> nutty ideas. You know, they're going to make an app for a frying pan that tells you when your egg is finished. And my answer always is, you know, mankind has been frying eggs for at least 5,000, 6,000 years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you need a telephone app to tell us that, okay? But there, there are, I'm sure there are a dozen businesses started <clears throat> that, you know, the entrepreneur thinks he's going to be Steve Jobs with a frying
frying pan in the telephone. Um, well, as a lawyer running my own business for years, I, I can tell you and other people listening that uh, working for yourself is a great thing. And, uh, and if you can do it, uh, you, should, you should take advantage of it. We've been talking to Carl Schramm. He's the author of a book called Burn the Business Plan, What Great Entrepreneurs Really Do. And, uh, Carl, they can get the book on Amazon or other places? Amazon. It's in all Barnes & Noble stores and um, passing through airports. It's most, in most uh, airport bookstores. A great read while you're on a plane flying somewhere. Be- become an entrepreneur. And uh, at least you're able to take those business deductions while you're flying, so that's a good thing. (laughs) That's right. And when you land, you may have a great idea about how to go start a new business. There you go. Well, Carl, thank you so much for joining us tonight and educating us on how to be an entrepreneur. Oh, my, my, my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you all for listening tonight. We'll be back next week, same time, same station. So between now and then, have a great week. Good night. And I sat and watched the Zanzibar sunset. Sat and drank my fresh mint tea With nothing to do until morning And only my mind for company The preceding program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. Hey, Bob France here for my good friends at Kowalski Ford. Listen, if you're in the market for a new car, you're probably going to shop at a lot of places. What I'm going to ask you to do for your own benefit is to shop at Kowalski Ford as well. Just include them in your trip. It would be very presumptuous of me to tell you where to buy your car. That's a personal decision. But I want you to experience what Kowalski has to offer. If you like large dealerships with a ton of salespeople all competing for your business because they have sales quotas, go somewhere else. But if you'd rather be treated like a member of the family, get to Kowalski Ford on Lake Road in Avon Lake, one mile west of Route 80. Kowalski Ford, get there. Message and data rates may apply. Warning, texting while driving is illegal just about everywhere. So if you want to take advantage of a life-changing LASIK offer, pull over when you can, because a special opportunity is just one text away. The LASIK Vision Institute is offering absolutely free consultations and dramatically low prices on high-quality LASIK. Text the keyword VALUE to 350-350 to get the benefit of FDA-approved LASIK technology that gives the majority of patients 20-20 vision for a fraction of what others charge. Text to schedule your free consultation to see if LASIK is right for you. When you text VALUE to 350-350, you'll also get an extra 20% discount off our already low-cost services. We've already performed over a million procedures. Today, it's your turn. Discover how you can get the quality LASIK experience you've always wanted for a fraction of what others charge. This great offer is just a text away. Text VALUE to 350-350. That's V-A-L-U-E to 350-350. I'm Dennis Lewin. Join me every Saturday afternoon from 2 to 4 and hear the music and life stories of the great musicians and composers who shaped the world of classical music. Only on 1220 WHKW, The Word. What's the scariest thing about going to the dentist? Opening your mouth or opening your wallet? Because just a simple cleaning can cost $150, and things like root canals can cost you hundreds more. If you don't have dental insurance to help, you should give Physicians Mutual Insurance Company a call. 1-800-200-4576. This isn't a discount plan or preventive-only coverage. This is real dental insurance that helps pay for checkups right away. So you can call today and get your teeth cleaned tomorrow. Plus, it helps cover the more expensive procedures you might need down the road. Fillings, crowns, bridges, even costly dentures. There's no deductible and no annual maximum. 
Your acceptance is guaranteed for one of these insurance policies, even if you're retired or on Medicare. Plus, you can choose any dentist you'd like. That's right, any dentist you want. Call and we'll rush you a free information kit with all the details. 1-800-200-4576. That's 1-800-200-4576. 1-800-200-4576. Need a CPAP? Then we need you. We're CPAP.com, and we carry popular brands of CPAP equipment, including ResMed, Respironics, and more. To move inventory, we're selling some of our ResMed CPAP machines at prices lower than you would think. Learn more about these affordable ResMed CPAPs at CPAP.com. We'll even provide free shipping on your ResMed machine orders, so you'll get it fast when you enter the promo code RADIO. The best part? No insurance needed. Our CPAPs are priced so low, they can even cost less than your copay and deductible through insurance. CPAP.com has shipped over a million orders and carries a large inventory of sleep apnea equipment. With little retail overhead and no middlemen, we're the best way to get affordable, comfortable sleep apnea equipment at incredibly low prices. Again, CPAP.com has a large inventory of ResMed CPAPs and is offering free shipping on these devices. For these great deals and others, visit CPAP.com. Don't forget to enter the promo code RADIO. That's R-A-D-I-O. This is AM 1420, The Answer. WHK, Cleveland, a service of Salem Media Group. The NASDAQ at S-A-L-M, AM 1420. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.